Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw in. Ah, yes. Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 22 of Stick Signals. I'm Ruben Morales, your host. Thank you all so, so much for joining on in and listening to episode number 22. If you're a new listener, hey, welcome to Stick Signals. Thank you so much for uh, stopping on by. We hope you enjoy this. This is the official podcast of Dirt Car Racing and the official podcast of the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series. Well, usually I'm alongside my good friend Mick or Mike Warren, but... But unfortunately, uh, Mick not feeling very well, and he starts his vacation tomorrow. So today, uh, you guys are with me. So welcome to Stick Signals and Mike Warren up on the road traveling with the Northern Swing. They're getting ready for the Gundick Law Speedway on Tuesday night. This is being recorded on Monday. So uh, thank you again for uh, stopping on in and, and uh, listening to Stick Signals, the official podcast of Dirt Car Racing in the World of Outlaws. We have a lot of great episodes that we've done in the past. If you're new, hey, go out there, check them out. Uh, spread the word. Uh, tell your friends, family, coworkers. Uh, l- let's really build this podcast up. Let us know on Twitter at Dynamite underscore Ruben at Just Mick 4. Uh, just let us know. Uh, Mike Warren's, I believe, is at Mike Warren, uh, I, I believe. But yeah, let us know on Twitter who you want to hear interviewed, who you want to know, who you want to get to know, who you want us to talk about, who, some new storylines that we should touch on, stuff like that. Let us know. We want to make stick signals as enjoyable as possible. And as always, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I'm sure from the bottom of Mick and Mike's heart as well. Thank you all so much for listening, the love and the support. I love going to new racetracks and other, you know, returning to racetracks and, and having fans come up to me and say, hey, we love stick signals. So thank you for all the love and support uh, from everybody for stick signals. Uh, And thank you all so much for listening as we get ready for another big week of racing with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals and the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series because how I said they're getting ready to race on Tuesday night and this weekend up in the northern part of the country and the Dirt Car Summer Nationals is getting uh, ready as well so let's go ahead and talk about the Dirt Car Summer Nationals first and let's just talk about this week we during this past week with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals we raced at the biggest track on the tour and the smallest track on the tour for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, anyhow, because the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals still have to head to the Terre Haute Action Track coming up in just a, in about a week, I should say. And the Dirt Car Summer Nationals and both a series get ready to head to the Hartford Speedway, which is a half mile up in Michigan, which we're getting ready to here this upcoming week. But nonetheless, let's kick things off uh, with the first night of this past week, a week four of the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. And how about this? Ashton Winger picking up his first ever career Hell Tour victory, becoming the 104th different driver to ever win a Dirt Car Summer Nationals victory. And man, Ashton, we talked about, and a lot of people say, hey, Ruben, you guys on Stick Signals are the good luck charm because you guys just had Ashton on Stick Signals. And every time you guys talk about a driver struggling and you guys interview him, he goes out there and wins. So <laughs> we may have to make these stick signal stickers and start putting them on Ashton's car because <laughs> Ashton did phenomenal. No, but nonetheless, he went out there, broke the track record, won his heat race, went to the all-important redraw and held his own. Ashton did a phenomenal job, pierced through everything but the kitchen sink at him uh, to try to get around him on the lead. And nonetheless, let's not forget, there was a long red flag period during that feature event early in that race. And then... Um, a ton of restarts so Ashton could have easily messed up and 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 you know gave that away but he didn't congratulations to Ashton and if you didn't hear his interview that was absolutely golden he thought lap track was about to send him for a three-piece and a soda at Chester's there there in turn two on the final laps of that one at the Knox County Fair Raceway as he was trying to get around lap traffic there um but yeah, he, he was a great guy, great interview, and and he said it, you know, lap traffic couldn't do anything. We just He just slid up the racetrack. He entered the corner a little differently, and that's the way the momentum of the race car takes you. So uh, no hard feelings there between him and the lap traffic. All is good. And uh, yeah, Winger gets his first win. He just said he's some Georgia boy out here trying to make a name for himself, and this is big for him with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals because he knows it's not easy uh, beating Pierce and English and Shirley and Fager and all these guys. And uh, congratulations, Ashton Winger. How about that celebration? Uh, we were at Spoon River the next night, and I walk up to his car, and he's like, look, check this out. 
And I was like, what's that? The big dent on his roof. I mean, he had a big dent from when he won. He just kept hitting the roof and pounding it with his with his steering wheel. Me and Ashton joked and we said, if there's ever a Mortal Kombat game uh, for Dirt Lake model drivers, your weapon will definitely be the steering wheel. <laughs> and the only person that could probably beat you is Casey Schumann taking it away. <laughs> but um, no, <laughs> all jokes aside, congratulations to Ashton Winger on his first career World of Outlaws Morton Buildings 8 Model Series win to finally overcome everything uh, that has challenged that team and to finally win. Bobby Pierce got second, Tanner English third, Mitch McGrath kicked off this past week with his best career finish fourth at the Knox County Fair Raceway and Jason Fager with a top five uh, to kick off a good, good run for the 25 of Fager. Uh, how about Mitch McGrath? We talk about him just getting his uh, best career finish fifth at the Fayette County Speedway uh, just two weeks ago. And for Mitch McGrath to come out here and now get another best place finish fourth with the series is huge. Uh, pretty good job for Mitch McGrath there in the number 74, the driver to Waukesha, Wisconsin, uh, tackling the full Dirt Car Summer Nationals. So that does it there for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. You look at the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals, and well, it's no surprise. Nick Hoffman picked up his ninth win of the season going nine for nine, but it didn't come that easy. The kid that has 15 feature wins already in Dirt Car UMP Modified Racing action this season. Uh, Drake Troutman, the 16-year-old at Ohio in Pennsylvania, joined us for this week. Unfortunately, they're already back in Pennsylvania. The weather not looking good to kick off this next week, uh, but they, they wanted to go all the way through Hopstadt, and uh, nonetheless, Troutman gave Hoffman a run for his money, and I thought Troutman was going to win that there for a second, uh, but Drake Troutman had a good second place. Good to see him. Obviously, he he said he wanted to come out here and run with better competition. He wants to get better, and at, at 16 years of age and running a dirt late model and a dirt car UMP modified, that's big. Troutman did a phenomenal job in the MB Custom List Smith's transport number seven, the kid with a good second place run, the Zeekster, Zeke McKenzie with third, Ray Bollinger fourth, and Jacob Brexing in the top five. That was at the Knox County Fair Raceway. Let's switch gears to the Spoon River Speedway. This one was rescheduled. Now, remember, we were supposed to go to Belle Claire Speedway uh, that day, but unfortunately... Well, if you've seen the photos roaming around social media, Belle Claire all grown over. It's just such a depressing uh, sight to see. Uh, but nonetheless, hey, we went to Spoon River Speedway where they had the race of the year last year for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals between Brian Shirley and Kent Robinson. Well, unfortunately, no K-Rob at Spoon River, but we did see him at Farmer City. But before we get to Farmer City, let's talk about Spoon. Uh, Bobby Pierce with another big win. He goes back-to-back -back with the series, getting his seventh win of the season with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Ryan Unsicker with a good second-place run. And remember, Ryan got involved in that big wreck at Knox County Fair Raceway. There was a big wreck at Knox County, which actually I didn't touch on. But I did mention that there was a long red flag that Ashton had to go through, um, and the rest of the field. Uh, Unzicker was involved in a big wreck. Now, when they towed that car off the track, I said there is no way that car is in any good shape whatsoever. There's nothing salv salvageable on the, on the front of that car. And then I talked to him, and they said, you know what? We got very lucky. It was all cosmetic damage. And wow, I mean, it was amazing to see Unzicker in the pits. I really thought we weren't going to see him. But they said, you know, they just have to replace a little bit of sheet metal, the nose, and, and it was all good to go. Nothing got bent, nothing really in the in the front suspension. They told me everything was good. And uh, Ryan Unzicker, what a heartbreak. Unzicker came, oh, so close to getting his 11th Hell Tour victory. Nonetheless, on his birthday week, his birthday was Friday night at Farmer City. This is two nights before his birthday. Unzicker leading the way. And it was very bottom dominant at Spoon River. It really was. It was bottom dominant, but Pierce made it work on the outside. And the track really came to play those final five laps. And it was one very good race with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. But Pierce made it happen on the outside. If you haven't seen the highlights, go to YouTube and look up Dirt Car Racing. Subscribe to that. And obviously they post the replays on there or obviously the exclusive uh, section on Dirt Vision. It was a pretty good final five laps. Pierce went up there and, well, he wound it up and Pierce would win. At the Spoon River Speedway, Ryan Unzicker second. Brandon Shepard was a surprise entry that night because, remember, he has to go up to the northern swing with the Outlaws. Shepard joined us there. He finished third, Brian Shirley fourth, and Jason Fager in the top five. Moving on to the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals at Spoon River Speedway, Tyler Nicely joined us, and... He would get second. Nick Hoffman would go on to win his 10th race of the season. Remember, we take the best 12 of the season for the Dirt Car UMP Modifieds with the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals. And Hoffman is 
is already two away from a perfect score after Spoon River as he picked up his 10th, 10 for 10. Tyler Nicely second, Kelly Kofsky third, Brandon Roberts fourth, and Mike McKinney in the top five. Switching gears over to the mighty Macon Speedway. As I mentioned, we went, we kicked off the week at a big half mile in Knoxville, Illinois. And how I said, <laughs> I know there was tracks bigger than a quarter mile in Illinois, but I always make the joke like, man, I don't think there was anything bigger than a quarter mile in Illinois. Well, yeah, Knox County Fair was big and flat, a half mile. And then we rolled on to the Macon Speedway two nights later, the one-fifth mile. So the biggest and smallest track in one week of the 36th annual Dirt Car Summer Nationals. And for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, how about this? Bobby Pierce going back-to-back with the series and getting his seventh win of the season with the series and his third Herald and Review 100 victory. Now, I'm going to be honest. I love Macon. And, and I'm going to be honest, Macon is my favorite stop on the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. And it rubbered down right around the middle. It really did. It, it was a rare sight to see that. And, and it was unfortunate. But hey, nonetheless, rubber racing is hard because you talk to these drivers and they'll tell you, man, you got to hit your marks and you got to be way more consistent than usual. Because, you know, if there's brown and so there's a little for, room for error. But when it comes to rubber down racing, you get out of the groove and you're probably done and, and it's going to be hard to recover. And we saw that Brian Shirley was leading the way in making and got a flat tire. And that's what gave Pierce the lead. And after that, you also got to feel bad for Tanner English. Tanner English running in the top five also had a flat tire. And unfortunately, when he came back out, it was just rubber down. He couldn't really make any more forward progress in the number 81 machine. Tanner English would finish 13th, and that really hurt him in the points with Pierce winning especially. Uh, Shirley, we talk about him taking third in the points, and that also hurt Shirley. He would finish 8th at Macon in the Hurdle Review 100. Uh, top 5 went like this. Pierce, your winner. By the way, one win away from tying his dad with Herald and Review 100s. There's only been two father-son duo combos ever do it matt and dick taylor and now bob and bobby pierce um pierce one away from tying his father with four herald and review 100s ryan unsicker second shannon babb third remember still chasing that 100th victory that night logan martin surprise entry from missouri would finish in the top four and gordy gundager fifth uh if the track would have been you know making uh, Gordy may have won that race on the bottom. Him and, his, him and his brother Trevor were rolling right around the bottom of the Macon Speedway. And remember, that's how Gordy won the Herald and Review 100 two years ago and at Farmer City Raceway going back to back two years ago. Uh, Gordy was rolling good in the bottom, but as we said, uh, the middle group just became dominant. Miles Moose did finish in the top five, but unfortunately, he did get disqualified for being light at the scales. Uh, for the Dirt Cars, Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals, Nick Hoffman was a no-show, did not show up to Macon, and how about this? The six-time champ, Mike Harrison, would go on to win his 55 third career uh, held to her victory and the modifieds i will say were were the race of the night at macon speedway that was a good feature they were side by side three wide at times and mike harrison would go on to win his 53rd career proving why he is the six-time champ over bobby Stremming and ray bollinger and drake troutman troutman led the opening laps of that feature troutman about almost had two wins this week with the dirt car summit racing equipment modified nationals he ran really good troutman would finish fourth and guy taylor a guy that picked up his first career series win at macon a couple years ago finished fifth uh, taylor came from deep in this one and a uh, guy taylor put on a phenomenal show not just in the amos but also the the, the pro mods that were there and Guy Taylor uh, made it interesting during the closing laps. Looks like he was going to reel him in at the outside, but time uh, was a was a factor for him as laps would wind down and he would finish fifth. But nonetheless, Mike Harrison would hold off Stremmy and Bollinger, who were really uh, giving Mike Harrison the pressure there for the lead. But Mike Harrison would go on to win his 53rd career held to our victory. Let's switch on over to the Farmer City Raceway. Last time the Dirt Car Summer Nationals have raced, and that's... A historic night. Uh, how about this? Shannon Babb picking up his 100th career Dirt Car Summer Nationals feature victory. I mean, just think about it. Two drivers have won a total of 200 career held tour victories between Babb and Moyer. That is just crazy and so crazy to think between 719 official Dirt Car Summer National events in series history, 200 of those have been won by Billy Moyer or Shannon Babb. They had a banner ready for it. They have t-shirts ready for it. I mean, he was ready. Shannon Babb uh, picks up 
his 100th career Hell Tour victory at the Farmer City Raceway over local standout McKay Winger. Bab had to earn this one. How about McKay Winger getting his best finish with the series? Got second in his third start with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals this season. Had a sixth at Fairbury and a sixth at uh, Macon and now got a second and about won this race. But Shannon Babb wasn't going to let it go. Now, how about this? The race was supposed to be 50 laps, uh, but unfortunately, Mother Nature. Now, I don't know how we got Farmer City in, but we got Farmer City in. We, we got to Farmer City, and everyone was saying, are we going to race? Are we going to race? I mean, the, the track phone is up in the press box at Farmer City, and people kept calling and calling and calling, asking, are we racing? Are we racing? Uh, concerns, obviously, on social media. Uh, promoter Lance said, you know what? We're getting this race in. They moved hot laps up. A little bit and I'm telling you Eric Grigsby and the, the the whole dirt car crew Jonathan Clayton and all them they ran a fast efficient show it's so crazy I was given the lineup for the summer nationals and you look at the radar and it's just green on the highway like the interstate next to it it was absolutely crazy during that feature it was just one of those nights when Bab took the lead raindrops started to pour I, I was looking at the obviously I had to look out the window and and, and raindrops just getting on the window i'm like oh my this is not good but you know guys made it happen a caution free feature and shannon babb got his 100th career hell tour victory it was just one of those nights where we had to you know rush the show it kind of felt very hell tourish because once heat races ended we had last chance showdowns on the track we had consolations on the track and then stock cars and the pro late models and we were just bang 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 right after after each single event and it was just one of those nights. There was like magic in the air and it was a chaotic night. And for Bab to get it at Farmer City, what a historic night for Shannon Bab getting that 100th victory. It was a sense of relief, a big relief, a weight off his shoulders uh, for Bab. And, and I'm telling you, we pulled out of the pits, heading on to the next one. And Bab was just still there. He was FaceTiming uh, fans or family, sponsors. He, he just had a group of people there and the support for Bab obviously is unreal. Uh, you know, obviously his home tracks make it and not too far from there. It's just, it's pretty cool to see Bab get it done at Farmer City at one of his favorite racetracks, Shannon Bab with 100 uh, experience in history, which by the way, on that exact week, last week, Billy Moyer, three years ago, got his 100th at Thunderbird Speedway in Thunderbird. Oh, I mean, wow. Just, it, it's crazy. I, 100 wins for Bab, 100 for Moyer. Now the question is, does Bab pass Moyer? Uh, will we see Moyer ever come back uh, to race? Obviously all his equipment has been sold. Um, will we ever see Moyer win 101? Will we see Bab pass Moyer? Will they stay tied at 100? Will anybody else catch him? You, you know, Don O'Neill is is third, is second on the all-time win list with 39. Brian Shirley is third with 35 wins. Bobby Pierce is fourth with 34. Scott Bloomquist is fifth with 28. Uh, Brandon Shepard, obviously he's now with the Outlaws, but he's sixth with 26 wins. Seventh on the all-time win list. Dennis Herb Jr. tied with Rick Lachlan at 23. Jason Finger has 21 at 8. Kevin Weaver ninth with 17 jeep van warmer 10th with 15 i mean it's gonna take a lot for somebody to get 100 wins shannon babb had the most wins in one season that's 2005 with 15 wins does anybody uh pass babb i mean or moyer that's that's not i mean you look at don o'neill don o'neill ain't racing much anymore he, he if anything he's done don o'neill second with 39 brian shirley or bobby pierce i, I really are the only ones i think that really have the best shot because you look at it, and Pierce has 34. If he keeps going the way, if one more win for Pierce, he ties Shirley for third in the all-time win list, and he could pass Shirley for third. Uh, that's another topic that we're about to talk about right now. Does Pierce stay on tour with a, a, a huge 90-point lead? We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, Brian Shirley, uh, yeah, I don't know, but... What are your thoughts? Let us know on Twitter. Um, does anybody ever pass these two with 100 wins? You, you got to average a lot of wins a season uh, to catch that, uh, that the 100. But yeah, nonetheless, uh, that is cool history. And it was a historic night as well for the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals because Nick Hoffman picked up his 50th, 50th career Hell Tour victory. How about that? We, we hit 100 with Bab and 50 with Hoffman. And Hoffman now is three away from tying Mike Harrison from the all-time winners uh, win list. Uh, Mike Harrison, 53 with the most. Nick Hoffman, second with 50. Uh, yeah, Nick Hoffman picked up the win he had never won before with the series at the Farmer City Raceway. He finally got to check it off, and if there's going to be a year that he's going to do it, this is the year, because right now Hoffman is doing the unbelievable. And yes, I mean, there's 
Oh, I said last week in the episode, Sam Driggers, the series director for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals and Dirt Car Racing, he absolutely has put an immaculate team together. He, I mean, I've never seen so many dirt car officials at a Summer Nationals event. Uh, tech officials, I should say. They have Roy, they have Canute. There's some guys that don't even know their name. Like, there's so many tech officials at these events and, and they even did tech lines they've done everything and they've looked at everything on all these cars and obviously they looked at everything at Hoffman and I'm telling you he's doing it fair and square so just do we squash all that oh he's cheating talk he's not cheating he's just very smooth like you got to look at the guy and he is so smooth literally he he does not very many errors he's so good and smooth i'm gonna say smoother than cream cheese and a bagel that's my line i mean it's plain and simple hoffman is just so good and we're witnessing something right now that is just unreal and, and we talk about him building his own elite chassis he knows what he's looking for he knows what he wants to feel and nick hoffman uh just gets another one his 50th career historic night at farmer city for the series mike mckinney would finish second michael ledford the 16 year old third uh, defending track champion as well they're a good run for mikey there uh, kyle Steffens fourth drake troutman in the top five to end his run with the dirt car summit racing equipment modified nationals unfortunately mother nature takes highland but again good news on that Rescheduled date coming up for Highland, and that may be in the makeup week. I don't want to give you no false information, but it will be made up. And unfortunately, oh man, Tri-State Speedway canceled. We were really looking forward to go to Hobstock. That is a, an amazing facility. A track prep there is absolutely insane. Uh, they could have that track sealed up in 15 minutes, and they could have it race ready in 15 minutes. Whatever you want at your services right there. Tri-State Speedway is phenomenal. Uh, if you're in that area, check it out. Hobstock, Indiana. Well, we get ready uh, for this week coming up with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Let's look at the points real quick for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Your, your point leader, Bobby Pierce, by 90 points over Tanner English. Brian Shirley reclaims third from Winger as he's 182 points away from Pierce. Winger's fourth, uh, 213 behind Pierce. And Jason Fager, fifth. 237 points behind Mitch McGrath sixth Joe Godsey seventh eighth is Tim Lance ninth is the 24 of Unzucker and 10th is Shannon Babb that's your top 10 in points for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals now we get ready for this upcoming stretch with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals here in 2021 Lake Cumberland Speedway uh, again this is being recorded on Monday so you'll you will already know this but Lake Cumberland Speedway is uh postponed again postponed not canceled uh we will go there at a later date and that will be released soon. Again, like Summer Nationals on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Summer Nationals to keep up to date with that. Circle City Raceway. Uh, weather looks good for Wednesday. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we race tonight at the Circle City Raceway. First ever visit to the Circle City Raceway for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals in the state of Indiana as the Dirt Car Summer Nationals getting ready to go there. Uh, we talk about the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings, Late Model Series uh, being there just a couple weeks ago. They got that track, a lot more races there. They got that track nice and going now, so can't wait to go to Circle City Raceway. Off to Michigan, uh, Thunderbird Speedway, then Hartford Speedway, and the Oakshade Raceway. Uh, that's, uh, that's the upcoming week for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Now, this week is big. Uh, the reason I say that is because you look at the top two in points and you start thinking championship. Well, a lot of you will probably say, well, Pierce kind of has this one in the bag. Well, does he? So Pierce, uh, he has to make a decision. At the end of this week, is he going to stay on tour? Is he not going to stay on tour? Bobby Pierce wants to go race uh, two other races uh, that are not Dirt Car Summer National events and he wants to go somewhere else. And race events, Pierce is going to make a decision on that right now with a comfy 90-point lead. We did see him skip out on Fayette County for his sister's wedding and came back and had still had a 25-point lead. So Pierce right now with a 90-point lead, he has a little bit of wiggle room. But the thing that affects Pierce, now with Tri-State being canceled, we may not get to over 31 races and Pierce may not be able to drop races now. So with rain, we talked about the new era that Earth Car Summer Nationals, 36 races. We take your best 31. Well, if we get to 36 races, obviously we lost Plymouth Speedway. That one's been canceled. We lost uh, Belle Claire. Uh, we lost Jacksonville. And now we lost Tri-State Speedway. So there's four uh, that we've lost. And now really there ain't much room to drop these races anymore. And that's to, that's to say that 
we don't lose any more here in the near future. Obviously, Randolph County Raceway now canceled with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. That press release already came out. Um, yeah, we'll see. And for Tanner English, see, here, here's the thing. If Pierce wants to miss, we're going to Tanner English region right now. Tanner English uh, actually ha probably has to be the driver that's the most bummed out today because we were going to his region, Lake Cumberland Speedway. The good news for Tanner, that is going to be rescheduled. And Lake Cumberland Speedway in Kentucky, that's in his region. Tanner English, I, I haven't talked to him, but I guarantee you they're at home, regrouped, reorganized, fresh, and ready for battle as they're getting ready to go Lake Cumberland Speedway. And coming up the following week, we're getting ready to go to Tri-City Speedway again, where, guess what, he won earlier this year already. And then Clarksville Speedway, where he got his first ever career held tour victory, and Richmond Raceway in Richmond, Kentucky, which is not far from him. So we're getting ready for a lot of races uh, where Tanner is going to be absolutely good. I'm not saying he hasn't been good because he's been phenomenal, but he's about to be even better as we head down to his region. And yeah, Michigan's going to throw a little curve for him. Uh, Pierce is going to, you know, get get that. I had a little advantage on that because he's been to those tracks before. But man, the experience that Tanner has around home, like Clarksville, Richmond, Lake Cumberland, and obviously uh, Pierce is good at Tri-City. He grew up racing there, but with Tanner already winning there, a lot of momentum going in there. Does Pierce stay on tour after? It's going to be interesting to see which direction Pierce goes. Obviously, he has on his schedule and his social media platforms that he's racing this week. It's going to be very interesting coming up the next week. So you're really going to want to tune into next weekend's ep next week's episode of Stick Signals because that is going to be absolutely interesting. Decisions, decisions. Who wins the Dirt Car Summer Nationals Championship this year? We're about to find out as we, we only have four weeks left of the Dirt Car Summer Nationals and one of those weeks is a makeup week, uh, which right now has a couple races in it. So we'll see as the Dirt Car Summer Nationals advances. Watch every lap live on Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. Uh, that's going to do it for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Let, let's go ahead and talk about the world of outlaws. Morton Buildings Late Model Series. Uh, Frank Heckenish Jr. celebrating his 33rd birthday in perfect fashion, Frank Heckenis Jr. Uh, gets that big $10,000 victory, leading the final 13 laps at the Jackson Motorplex. And congratulations to Frankie. Uh, obviously, you know, we talk about him running with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals uh, uh, two weeks ago and uh, almost winning at Beaver Dam and then battery problems, and he would finish 18th and then got second at Davenport and second at Juliet at his home track. I mean, man, going from a race to almost winning and then going back-to-back -back seconds, I mean, that that is absolutely tough. And then he got an eighth at Fayette and a fifth at, at Lincoln. And Frank Heckenis Jr. goes out and says, you know what, I'm going to go run a national show. And he goes out and wins. Granted, Kay Dillard, heartbreaker with that wheel. But nonetheless, a uh, good run for, for Dillard as well. And the thing about that team, they are a hardworking team. They have a chip on their shoulder. They're always going to work. And you will never see Kay Dillard complain. Him and his crew chief, Donnie, and Ryder, their crew guy, uh, absolutely perfect team. They have their head on right. And that team... It's just happy they have a car to compete with now. They, they feel like they're back and they're, they're going in a forward direction. Uh, obviously, that's not the way they wanted to finish it. They wanted to be 10 grand richer and uh, 11 spots better. But nonetheless, they were there and they know they can do it. So congratulations to Frank Hickenish Jr. on a big win. His first outlaw race came uh, back in 2015, February 14th at the Bubba Raceway Park down in Ocala, Florida. And uh, it was good to see Frank Hackenis Jr. pick up his second win with the Outlaws. Shepard would finish second. Ryan Gustin third. How about Gustin? And, and I'm going to talk about Gustin here in a little bit because, man, heartbreak for him. They're finishing this northern swing with one engine. I, yeah, we'll talk about that here in a little bit as we get ready for the second night uh, wrap-up. Uh, Chris Madden fourth, Brent Larson in the top five. Moving on to night number two. For Joey, oh man, we all know the heartbreaking story. Dennis Herb Jr.'s little woofy, uh, Joey. Uh, I mean, if you don't like dogs, if you don't love dogs, I mean, we, we just can't be friends. But I, I love dogs. And obviously, Dennis Herb Jr. and his dog, Joey, uh, we talk about Dennis being the one-man band and celebrating his 30th year of racing and Heather being his crew chief for 20th season. Um, it's only him and Heather and well, not Joey anymore, but they had Joey for a long time. And it was just sad to, to hear the news, uh, you know, obviously of, of him losing Joey, but may Joey rest in peace and he's up in puppy heaven now, but Dennis Herb Jr. Picking up a big win with the outlaws. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, I said this last week in the podcast, um, when Dennis Herb Jr. 
when I saw him at Juliet, he's like, oh, yeah, I've been here before. I'm excited. I like this place. You know, I want to heat. I want to dash. And he was just he's like, Ruben, what's happening? And I'm like, wow, Dennis Herb Jr. sparking a conversation with me. Uh, that, that, that It's very rare. Like, I, I usually go up to Dennis and ask him, like, hey, Dennis, how are you doing? You know, and start the conversation and get my news and notes. And and for Dennis to actually, you know, talk to me, that was pretty big. Like, Dennis was, has been in a good mood recently. He's been, you know, positive and And Dennis is... Congratulations to him. He really deserved that one. And man, he, we talked about the report cards earlier on and on, on stick signals with the World of Outlaw report cards. And I remember giving Dennis, I think it was like a C minus. And I was like, I know this team could be better. Well, guess what? They had that one weekend in Illinois that we talked about LaSalle, Fairbury and Farmer or Farmer City and Fairbury. And uh, he did good there. And then or Wilmot it was. And then uh, we talk about him going to Circle City Raceway and winning that one. And remember, Circle City, he had to earn that one. Gustin was right there giving him a run for his money. And Dennis Herb Jr. uh, held off and, and got it done. And uh, got that win. So to come off now two wins with the Outlaws here this season, Dennis Herb Jr., that's good for him in points. He's up to fifth in Outlaw points. Uh, good run for Dennis. Frank Heckenis Jr., second. Brandon Shepard, third. Chris Madden, fourth. Now, Chris Madden stayed close to Shepard that night, although Shepard did uh, add a little bit to the point lead there. Kate Dillard in the top five. Ricky Weiss, sixth. Uh, big turnaround for Ricky. Obviously, we talk about him winning there last year at Jackson Motorplex. Uh, Ricky finished 11th the first night, and he would finish sixth that second night. So Ricky's been on the struggle bus a little bit really hope to see that that team turn it around here uh hopefully soon but dennis herb jr uh wins twenty thousand dollars by nearly a half track margin uh, before halfway and uh, that is his richest victory since 2016 uh taking the checkers over frank heckenis jr so congratulations to dennis herb jr Uh, can't wait to see him with the dirt car summer nationals more here in the near future let's look at the points for the world of outlaws morton buildings late model series brandon shepherd your point leader with a 64 point lead over chris madden and tyler bruning Third, uh, 264 behind Shepard. Ricky Weiss, fourth. Dennis Herb Jr., fifth. Kay Dillard, sixth. Ryan Gustin, seventh. Boom Briggs, eighth. Brent Larson, ninth. And Kyle Strickler in the top 10. So there you go. That's your top 10 for the World of Outlaws. Morton Billings Late Model Series. Purchase all your merchandise if you can't be at any of those events at store.worldofoutlaws.com. They have all the patriotic gear and all that great stuff out there uh, at store.worldofoutlaws.com. But yeah, a great week coming up for the World of Outlaws. Morton Billings Late Model Series as well because they get ready for the Gundic Gloss Speedway uh, this Tuesday night. Uh, for those of you already watching, you'll already know who the winner is there. And then uh, this weekend, they get ready for the River City Speedway in Grand Forks, North Dakota, the I-94 Sure Step Speedway in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, and the Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee, Wisconsin. And then obviously they're off for a little bit. And then the PDC, baby. Yes, Prairie Dirt Classic at the Fairbury Speedway coming up to wrap up the month of July for the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series. Well, again, race fans, uh, thank you so much for listening to Stick Signals. As I mentioned, uh, Mick feeling a little under the weather and still thank him for all he does because he's still going to edit all this and has to hear my voice and do all that. So uh, thank you, Mick, for what you do. We hope you feel better. And obviously he's going on vacation uh, on Tuesday. So Mick, enjoy your vacation. Mike Warren, he's up traveling. Uh, But Mick did put something cool together um, for this episode. It's uh, the cool uh, sound bites of uh, stick signals uh, here so far. So Mick put something cool together. We hope you guys enjoy. Um, So here are the favorite clips of stick signals. Here we are with the champ on stick signals, Brandon Shepard. I got to touch on this, Brandon. Uh, a lot of people give you crap for your speech because, I mean, you, you could have won $100,000. You were five wide at the line. And let's say I ask you a question, Brandon, how do you feel right now? You'll be, well, I got to think, oh, you know, you do your regular speech. Yeah. Do you practice that at all? No, I do not. You know, I, I get crap for that all the time. But I'm just not a man of many words, I guess you would say. Um, you know, uh, my dad always taught me growing up to uh, you know, when I started racing quarter midgets, you know, he, there would be all these other kids out there banging on their cars and celebrating and getting up, carrying on and acting all crazy. And my dad always would tell me that I needed to act like I've been there before. So I guess that's something that stuck with me over time. And it's, you know, I guess it's more of a humble thing than anything. I don't want to, you know, you know, I do want to act like I've been there before and I do want to be professional as professional as I can. And, uh, you know, 
I'm definitely more excited than I put off to be in a lot of cases, but I mean, I never get too worked up about anything. So I don't, right. you know, I think sometime in victory lane, you should just freak out and see what Ruben's reaction is. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be able to take it. <laughs> you guys have had a lot of success and you have a knack for winning big money races. You're always there. How do you manage to always be there in every race? Um, you know, it's, it's all a testament to how hard my team works and how good we are together and how, um, you know, how good Mark is with the cars and, and, uh, we've just got a good program, you know, and that, um, you know, whenever your car is consistent you can have confidence in it, you can, uh, you know, put yourself in position to be there at the end of the race. And that's what, that's what it takes in the long run. Sometimes, you know, you don't always need to lead the race at the beginning and, and you don't always need to lead the race in the middle. You just need to be there at the end. So it's, uh, it's a matter of basically, you know, finding that rhythm throughout the year and, uh, getting a good baseline going throughout the year and, uh, just being able to be consistent and, uh, stay up front. I always, I always tell people if you can, uh, if you can run up front at night in and night out and have that consistency of top three runs, you're going to win races at some point. So, um, you know, it's, I think we've been close and, um, you know, things just haven't played out our way this year, but like I said, things are turning around for us. I can't preach that enough. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there wondering what's going on with us. And I can assure you that there's nothing wrong or nothing going on. We're just, working on stuff and uh, we're going to work hard and, and we're going to get there. Here is Boom Briggs. My dad did a lot for a lot of people and that's how I was brought up and uh, I'm okay with it. It's, uh, it is what it is. I don't, I did an interview a couple years ago at Charlotte Motor Speedway and here's a very good saying. It costs nothing to be nice. Exactly. So. And it's funny, back in my marching band days, I would always motivate the band by saying, what? you could be the boringest person, or you could be the, the, the poorest person on the planet, but you can always give something, and that's encouragement. And I'm glad you said that, because it costs nothing to be nice. And that's why I love you, Boom, because you have a good personality. Well, I appreciate it, but I didn't realize you were going to bring up this marching band. He's actually not as embarrassed about it as you think. <laughs> He's not. I am. I'm embarrassed for him. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, you can edit that out. But, but Jesus, I can't believe you brought it up, but go ahead. Oh, no, that stays. Um, Rick, uh, I say Rick, because that's my next question. Boom, you're... Quit calling me Rick. Well, that's that's the next thing. Your real name is Rick. Where did Boom come from? Uh, My grandmother, my mom's mother, my grandmother. uh, My dad's name is also Rick. And uh, I'm not a junior. We have different middle names. But uh, when I was a couple years old... If anybody knows me, I've been accident prone my whole life. But uh, she started calling me Ricker Boom, Ricker Boom, because I was falling down all the time, jumping off something, whatever. So the Ricker got shortened to Boom, and to this day, there's a lot of people that really don't know my real name. Uh, you made the switch to Rocket this year, Boom. How's that been for you? You know, it, it's been really good. Uh, I've had a lot of help. I mean, uh, Daryl had some ups and downs. He switched also, but uh, you know, got a really good friendship with Chris Madden, Brent Larson, uh, and even Mark. Mark has really helped all of us. And uh, I'm going to be 50 in July. I'm done switching cars. I feel like this is the year that we can get everything together. And once I get through mulch season here, where I can more concentrate on racing. You know, I want that one national win, and then it's over. I'm probably probably going to go away and go fishing, but uh, the rocket deal's been good. I've got three of them now, and, uh, you know, I talk to Mark a lot, uh, and Chubb. I mean, you know, people have wrote Chubb off, and, you know, I want to give Chubb a little credit here. Chubb still understands race cars, uh, and I call him a lot from – on the road and I'm just fortunate that I got a lot of help behind me. Um, I could use a little luck right now, but you know, Chris Madden told me Saturday night, you gotta quit changing stuff. So that's why we race Sunday night and 
I feel we got a way better program now. So we'll see. We'll see here in the next couple of weeks. The World of Outlaws, Morton Building's Late Model Series Safety Director, Tyler Bachman. My father was a or was a fire chief, and so I grew up around the fire service. And I just I know how that profession trades information. It's a constant flow of information. I think it's really cool to see that come to short track racing to, you know, when you go to your, your local track on Friday night, Saturday night, those are mostly volunteers that are staffing the ambulance and the fire trucks there and stuff like that. And they don't necessarily have that much training. So to, to bring, let me rephrase that, they don't necessarily have that much training in regards to motorsports. So bringing that to them is it's just, uh, it's good for everybody, you know? And the biggest thing that came out of the uh, ICMS is is they have the racetrack safety program, which is pretty much, um, you're, if you're an F1 or you're in NASCAR or you're in USAC racing or the World of Outlaw sprints or big block modified, you're, we're, they're training everybody so we're, you know, you get the same amount of care. Uh, John Evans actually quoted, I think, in the in the uh, the press release we put out was, you know, why should it be any different of if you're in a um, an F1 car or a, or a dirt street stock at your local track, you know, you you should be getting the same care, and that's what uh, they've sort of brought everybody uh, to trying to do the same procedures and things like that. Yeah, I, I really have been encouraged over the past few years of the the trickle down of safety. I mean, seeing our guys um, in full containments seats that was something you never saw at short tracks when I was younger. You know, it, it was just guys would just buy a plastic seat out. Jags and throw it in and go racing. I agree with that. I, I look at the photos today, you know, back in 2011, 12, and, you know, they're running straight back seats and you're like, my gosh, we've went, uh, we've come a long way. Uh, for a while, it was, I think some of the drivers were a little bit irritated that we were making them spend some money. Uh, but I think, uh, I think their wives didn't mind spending that money. No. And, and I've worked with drivers that, there's a certain amount of comfort once you can trust that equipment. Once you, you know, when we went to carbon fiber seats, that was a huge thing. They were huge and they're bulky and they're heavy and they're pain in the ass compared to an aluminum seat and everybody hated them. But the first few times a driver would get in a couple of wrecks and, and feel like, oh, I'm really secure in here. I, I think it steps the competition up. It gives them confidence in their equipment that they, you know, it was kind of sketchy back in the day. Well, and uh, it was actually, I think it's Chubb Frank. Years ago, he, he, he got hurt and hurt something with his neck and he wears a, uh, one of the, the Simpson hybrid pros and, um, it goes around you, know, but it hooks up to your helmet, just like all the Hans device would. And, um, he raced with it he wasn't really a big fan of it at first, but now he can't even race without it because if he races without it, he notices that the next day, um, you know, you, you notice that, you don't realize you're under that much stress of your neck and, and keeping it and then been running with it. And then now if you ever take it off for some reason, you, uh, you can definitely tell. So. Yeah. Your neck's, neck's moving all over the place. <laughs> so, so people that, you know, they, they complained about it. Uh, now they, there's a lot of them that they won't ever run without them just because it's, I think it's changed, uh, um, their mindset of the safety, but also um, they're used to it now. So it's it's different. If you told them to take it off, they still run. Yeah. So yeah. Let's get into it here with Tyler Bruning. Let's talk about this capital program. Now that you mentioned, you know, chassis adjustments and all that on these bigger racetracks, that's why you like it. Um, obviously, Shane Clanton was on tour with us, and I asked you, with him leaving, is that going to affect you at all? Talk about this capital program because there ain't any other capitals on tour. You know, if you drive a rocket, you you could go next door and talk to another driver for advice. But you, on the other hand, you're the only capital out there, and you have the third most top tens. You're third in points. Like, you're doing really well. Talk about this capital program. Well, it's really been a process for me. It's been really, honestly, five years in the making as far as uh, working with Marshall at Capital, working with Shane, um, and really developing me as a driver as well as the Capital race cars and their program. So. Um, you know, it's nice to have Shane there with us at the track and to rely on him for some advice. Um, but really when it comes down to making decisions on the car and the chassis, um, whether there's a lot of cars there or not, you, you have to make your own decisions on what works and what fits best for you as a driver. So, um, you know, when Shane does come and we're, we're together, it's more talk of, well, this is, 
you know, how the track will progress throughout the night. This is kind of where you need to be and drive the car. Um, it's a lot more track tips, um, than, you know, setup tips and stuff like that. Cause at the end of the night, we basically, uh, we'll bounce ideas off each other of what we've done or what we've tried, what worked and what didn't. And we make our own decisions in the end. So, um, you know, Shane has a little bit different driving style than I do and what works for him doesn't necessarily work for me, but, um, you know, when we're at the track, um, Marshall, Marshall green capital race cars, um, really does a phenomenal job for me as a driver, just allowing me to call and, you know, whether he's watching at home or whether he's at the racetrack, um, really has a good eye for, for the cars has a good understanding of what the cars need to do and what he wants them to do. And so I work a lot with Marshall on the phone um, or in person for setup tips and advice and um, kind of just an extra set of eyes watching over me and the car that's really helped me progress um, as a driver. Well, joining us today here on Six Signals is another dirt car superstar. He is the only uh, six-time Dirt Car Nationals UMP Modified Champion, Nick Hoffman. Nick, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. So there was a little bit of controversy at DCN this year with the bodies on your car and stuff. And you you were I read an article where you were very upfront about the things you were doing, yep. putting a bubble here and, and this and that. Talk a little bit about, about your R&D process and how important that is to your chassis program. I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to sell race cars. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, there's a picture that's went around multiple times here of my car in the wind tunnel, you know, and that was, that was the year that UMP got rid of spoilers, which, you know, we know that was five or six years ago now. Um, and really at that time, I don't know what it costs now, but at that time it was decently cheap to do the wind tunnel mm -hmm. deal. Um, you can put your car in a two, which is in Mooresville, not even two miles from my house. And it cost me 400 bucks an hour. Right. And I got four hours worth of time and I split it with another guy. So, I mean like 800 bucks, people spend 800 bucks to go testing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So everybody kind of complained that I was spending all this money. I was like, really, I didn't spend that much money. It's just trying to benefit my deal. So we learned a lot there and you know i'm pretty open about that whole deal is you know when they got rid of those spoilers we lost with full sail panels we lost almost 300 pounds of downforce it's like a 300 pound guy just jumping off the back of the car right, you know right. um so so yeah we lost a lot of rear downforce so then you go into well what can we do to regain this and there's only so much you can do to regain rear downforce you know um with no kind of wickers or anything like that so we went into like trying to make side force and trying to keep the air attached and keep the air flowing across the car better and all that. And that's kind of what we, we focused mainly on. Um, and that was years ago and our bodies have came a long way since then. But um, so now, you know, like in Florida and uh, last year and stuff, you know, we're doing everything you can to. Uh, make the roof as, as good as possible. You see pictures that, you know, some of these guys really dishing our roofs and ours right. were doing the same thing, you know, but um, you got to take every advantage you can get. And that was one of those areas that was kind of gray. And now they got it where we have to put bracing and all that stuff in. If they can pretty much push it down and tech, you know, you're screwed. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they've kind of got a handle on it now, but um, at that time you just do everything you can until they tell you you can't. So, right. um, so yeah, just doing a lot of things to just try and create side force and, um, and down force overall. But um, everything on my bodies, there's, you know, they kind of look screwed up and people give me crap. I just tell them I was drunk when I built it. But, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah. So I get a lot of crap for it, but everything on that body has a purpose. Like I manipulate panels. I do, I spend a lot of time, just everything has a purpose. Right. And I think, man, you, even you go to these Illinois bull rings and stuff, pretty much everywhere we go now, we're running at least 50 to 60 mile an hour, you know? Um, and you stick your hand out the window at 50 or 60 mile an hour, you know, yeah, you can feel what that's doing. Yeah. So it, it makes a big difference. Um, putting new bodies on your cars, having your stuff, um, you know, in tip top position, uh, um, shape every time you hit the racetrack, um, makes a big difference. And two, as far as sponsors and appeal and everything like that, we always clean our car every single time it comes off the racetrack. It right. just makes a difference. So as far as trying to get, you know, sponsors and people sitting in the stands to buy a t-shirt. So, yeah. um, we, we really uh, work hard on that. And so, I mean, when I got into the 
to NASCAR. I started in NASCAR working on K&N cars. Those, those were the, the twisted sister bodies still. So like I, yeah. I get going for every little bit that you can get. And my kind of thing with rule books is, you know, it's like channel buoys. As long as you're inside the buoys, you're good. Like you don't necessarily yeah. want to be all the way over here or over there. But I, I just the biggest secret in, in motorsports is that there's not really all that many secrets. You know, like yeah. as soon as one other person knows, everybody knows, and then they just gripe about this guy doing it. It's like, get out there and do it, man. Correct. Yeah. So um, that's that's what I always say is don't be the guy that sits there and complains about it. You know, you you have sheet metal at your shop. Go build it. You know, yeah. it doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, even if you don't do as nice of a job, as long as it, you know, it uh, fits the template and and uh, does what it's supposed to. I mean, is what it is. But yeah, I mean, like back in those days of the NASCAR deal, um, you see, you know, what they were doing with like the left front fenders and, you know, smoothing the right front fenders and late model guys are doing the same thing now. But um, I see all that stuff and um, I spend a lot of time on my bodies and uh, they just keep making rules, which is fine. But yeah. you just you just find another way to achieve it, you know. You sort of remind me a little bit of uh, like like a Kenny Kenny Weld of the uh, UMP modifieds, like him and Gary Ballou of those the Batwing cars. Yeah. Like. Some pretty good clips there with stick signals, and uh, that, that that's awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening again. And we we will get an interview with Shannon Babb, maybe like an interview with Shannon Babb and Billy Moyer here in the near future. So uh, thank you all so much for listening to it again. We thank you for uh, tuning on in. Uh, but real quick, uh, some housekeeping notes. Uh, Dirt Vision presented by Dryden Tuesday night, the Brad Doty Classic at the Attica Raceway Park, World of Outlaws, Morton Building's late model series at Gundick Law Speedway. Then Wednesday night, we're off in Indianapolis, the Circle City Raceway with this Dirt Car Summer Nationals and then Eldora Speedway packed this week with the World of Outlaws, Joker's Wild, Eldora Speedway on Wednesday and then Thursday, the Dirt Car Summer Nationals are at the Thunderbird Raceway up in Michigan, and then the 38th annual Kings Royal at the Eldora Speedway Thursday night with the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. Friday, the night before the Kings Royal at the Eldora Speedway, then the Dirt Car Summer Nationals are at the Hartford Speedway, and weekly racing from Williams Grove Speedway on Friday, along with the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings Late Model Series, the River City Speedway, as we talked about, and Saturday, lots of action there. Dirt Car Summer Nationals at the Oakshade Raceway and the World of Outlaws at the I-94 Surestep Speedway and the 37th Annual Kings Royal at the Eldora Speedway, followed by uh, the Van Wall Equipment Marion County Fair Night at the Knoxville Raceway for weekly racing there. And then, obviously, Sunday, we got you covered from the Terre Haute Action Track. That's just the Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals, co-sanctioned with the American Modified Series, not the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, and that just the mods. At the Terre Haute Action Track on Sunday. Uh, also Sunday, the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings 8 Model Series, the Red Cedar Speedway up there, and then Houston Speedway on Sunday. So how about this on Sunday? You have three events on Sunday on Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. And uh, Monday, the Super Dirt Car Series is back. Yep, the ground-pounding, earth-shaking, window-rattling beast of the Northeast are back on Monday on Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. Tuesday, the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup at the Lernerville Speedway followed by uh, the Super Dirt Car Series at the Lands of Legends Raceway on Tuesday as well. And then we'll continue on with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals and all that other good stuff on Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. So thank you all so much for joining us here on episode number 22 of Stick Signals. Have a great week. We'll see you next time, everybody. 